Welcome to our online messages. Today, Pastor Scott is in the book of Luke chapter 1 in a message entitled, It's So Much Greater Than That. Well, good morning, church family. It's good to be with you today. Glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. We are in a season where we are considering these words, grace came down, that the favor of God, something we could never earn, something we never deserved, that his favor has come down in many ways. Specifically, we will see this in coming down in the, in the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. So today, I hope you have your Bibles with you. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. I want to talk about grace coming down into our lives and, and how that will shape us and how that will send us off this next week to worship and serve God in greater ways. We're in this season called Advent, and uh, many Christians around the world are in this four Sundays before Christmas season. Today happens to be the third of those four Sundays, which means after today, there will only be one Sunday before Christmas. So you can start panicking now. And so uh, I'm going to ask that you uh, not freak out and make out your Christmas list or your week's to-do list, things like that today. Just stay with me. We're going to look into God's Word, and I, I want you to consider, okay, if I only have a few days before Christmas, what would God have for me? And so this season of Advent, we've been saying, is a time for preparing for Christ's coming. It's, it's a time of remembering that Jesus came. It's a time, frankly, to celebrate. And I hope that you have been celebrating and that you will figure out ways to celebrate the fact that Jesus came, that grace came down. This is great news, and it needs to be prepared for. It needs to be remembered, and certainly it needs to be celebrated. And so I want to thank you this morning for joining us, because what we all need is to prepare for this. We need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our minds for this season. We certainly need to remember some things, and remember grace came down in the form of Jesus and then we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate that as grace came down, as Jesus came down, this was the one who would years later go onto a cross and pay for our sins. The wrath that you and I deserved from God was placed on Jesus. And when you and I believed in him, when we trust in him, and maybe for some of you it will even happen today for the first time, but when you trust in Jesus, your sins have been paid for, and you receive this good news of entry into God's family and a hope of eternal life. And, and so this is worth celebrating. And so this is good news, and I've, I've been reflecting on this good news this week, and this is especially good news because this week I received some sad news, and some of you did as well. Two ladies who've been part of our church for years who had battles with cancer passed away this week. Holly Briggs, Georgine McElhaney, and the sadness is that they are not with us. The good news is for them, because they place their faith in Jesus, that they are with Jesus. Cancer's not with them anymore. They're rejoicing. They're living the life that they had always wanted to live. And so what we need to do is to prepare our minds and our hearts and our souls for that day. Uh, we're not guaranteed dinner tonight. 
And so we can use this time this morning to prepare our hearts, our minds, and our souls, not just for Christmas, but for that time when we will meet Jesus face to face. And I hope he will say to you, thank you. I'm glad that you placed your faith in me. Come into the kingdom that you can inherit as my sons, as opposed to one who we'd say, I never knew you. And so today we want to prepare our minds, our hearts, not just for Christmas, but for eternal life. We need to remember that Jesus died and paid for our sins. We need to certainly celebrate the hope of eternal life that he offers to us. And so again, thank you for being here. My prayer for you this week was this, that you would grow in your understanding that grace came down. That I know you've heard this for the last couple weeks, but that God would help you grow in your understanding. What's this mean? That grace, the, the favor of God, something I did not deserve, something I could not earn, it came down for me. I'm asking God to open your eyes and your heart to understand this in greater ways. Now let me show you our key passage. If you haven't memorized this, start doing this. Recite this every day if you would. Look at this. Encourage your heart with this great passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. I'm going to ask you to passionately read it with me. Ready? Begin. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. This is this idea that grace came down, that Jesus left. And we, we can't even understand what he left. But he, self-existent as God, with the Father, with the Spirit, they're just chilling. Everything's great. And he says, okay, humanity has sinned. They've made a mess. And Jesus said, I'm leaving the comfort and the coziness of heaven, the perfection of that, to be born like one of us, to live in this broken world. And all you got to do is live in our shoes a little bit and understand it's a broken world. Can I get an amen? Your lives are broken. My life is broken. The, the lives of those in our community are broken. And Jesus leaves perfection to come and be with us. He had it all. In essence, he, he gives it up. And he lives so that through his poverty, we, when we trust in him, would we be rich. Now, when you think rich and poor, when you see those words, what might come to mind is money. But it's so much greater than that. All right? Jesus isn't saying that, you know, if you follow him, you'll be financially rich. It's so much greater than that. We're talking spiritual blessings, being called sons and daughters of the Most High God, being able to have the inheritance of all the saints because our dad is the king of all kings. And so it's so much greater than a little bit of rich and poverty, haves and have-nots, money. It's so much greater than that. And we're going to look at that today as we look at Luke chapter 1. We're going to see the Christmas story. So much greater than a baby being born. So much greater than, well, a nice night and the stars are out and there's a little manger and cute little barn animals. So much greater than that. This is the Savior of the world that you and I needed. It's so much greater than a Christmas story, isn't it? And I hope that you'd see that today as we look again into this, that it's so much greater than what you've thought, so much greater than what you've read. I know you've experienced some of this, but it's so much greater than that. Luke chapter 1 is where we've been the last few weeks, and we'll be here again. Last week, Pastor Cyrus shared, and I'm glad that he did, 
I got some time away. And he shared a great message. I listened to it online. Tis the season to be troubled. And yet, because of that, tis the season to be trusting in God. And I thought, man, that is so true. Mary experienced trouble. It was an opportunity to trust God. You and I are experiencing trouble. It's a time for us to trust God. And so I listened to that message, but last Sunday I didn't listen to it because last Sunday I was somewhere else. I got away. My brother and his wife live in Hawaii, and they have for the last five months. And he's been begging me, come to Hawaii, come to Hawaii. I know he's really lonely or something for me. And so he never liked me until all of a sudden we're gone, you know. And he says, come on out. And I'm looking at my schedule. I'm like, well, if Cyrus preaches, I can get away. And because my son works for the airlines, I can fly there for free. And now I got free lodging. Boom, I made it over to this little island of Kauai. And so we got there. And he says, let me show you the beach. And so I see the beach, the ocean. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. I mean, the palm trees, and I see the waves rushing in, and I put my feet on the sand and the warm temperature. In fact, when we got there, I remember sitting down at his place, and I said, uh, what month is this? I mean, it did not feel like mid-December. It felt like July or something like that. And I'm like, wait a second. It's almost Christmas time. And so anyway, uh, with this picture, there's a chance my, my brother and his wife would listen to this message online. So for that picture, could you just give a big ooh or an ah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Poipu Beach. Did I say it right? Some of you have been at Poipu Beach. All right. And so anyway, yeah, it was just beautiful. And I sat there and said, man, this is just great. And my brother, is, in essence, is saying, you got to get in the water because it's so much greater than what you see. It's actually greater when you get in it. I'm not a big water guy, but he said, here, grab some snorkeling gear and let's go check out the fish. And so we went in, and I'm looking in, and I see these fish, and it's just amazing. I actually had to come up from air because I was just laughing. I'm like, God, you're so, I mean, I knew you were good, but man, these fish have all these beautiful colors. I saw some eels that quite, you know, they scared me, and I'm like, I think I might want out of this. But I said, God is so much greater than I thought. And the ocean, I mean, from a distance, the ocean looks good. But when you get in it, it's like, this is so much greater. And so we got out of the ocean after being in there for an hour and just exploring. I saw schools of fish swimming by me. It was just so beautiful. I get on the beach, and I was like, okay, I have seen enough. It can't get any better than that. I mean, that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. And as it was as if God said, oh, no, 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 no. You're totally wrong. It does get so much better than that. It's greater than that. Because as we were sitting on the beach, some people started freaking out. And I was like, what, what are you freaking out about? They said, look out there. And we saw whales breaching. Seriously, I'd never seen this before. And they were, they were close to us. I saw a guy get in a boat, and he's going out there to die or something, you know. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to ooh and ah about this picture, too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. Saw them seven times just jumping up, kind of a, a mama and a baby. And I'm thinking, wow. When I first looked at it, I said, you know, this is good enough. Oh, no, it's greater than that. I got in and I found out, oh, that's great. Oh, no, it's greater than that. We saw this. And as I'm looking at this, I'm like, 
That's kind of the way God would want us to see things, is that, yes, things are great, but it's so much greater if you get in and look, or sometimes if you step back and look. And I'm hoping as we look at this Christmas story today, you'll see things as you get in and say, oh, I thought it was a good story, but I I didn't realize it's greater than that. Now, some of you are probably wondering, man, you're a great photographer, Scott. I didn't take any of those pictures. I was there, truly. I was there. I didn't even bring my phone sometimes. It was so nice. It was like, I'm not bringing my phone. I'm just going to go to the beach. But what I did is I went back to the place and I Googled Kauai fish, Poipu Beach, or however you say that, breaching well. And I looked at it and I said, that's exactly what we saw. We're a little further away. But that's exactly what we saw. And I had to share it with you because that beach and everything, it was greater than what I had first thought. And so as we look at this story today, I want you to understand, and I think God wants you to understand, it's so much greater than what you had thought. Grace coming down. Oh, yeah, you've heard that phrase. You've experienced it to some degree, but it's so much greater than that. Luke chapter 1. A couple weeks ago, we considered how God had graced Elizabeth and Zechariah with a son. They had wanted a son And God said, you're going to have one, and his name's going to be John. But it was so much greater than a son. I mean, the nation of Israel needed somebody who was going to point people to Jesus. So Elizabeth and Zechariah, they think, yeah, we get a son. God said, it's so much greater than that. You are going to have one who's going to point this nation to my son, Jesus Christ. If you would, Luke chapter 1, verse 15. We read this, and it says, For he, this son John, will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Now watch this. This isn't just any kid. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Elizabeth and Zechariah, you think you're getting a kid? It's so much greater than that. Last week then, as Cyrus shared, God, God graced Mary with a son. And she's thinking, okay, this is great. This is a, a baby, and as, he, as he's going to be born, this is nice. He looks like other baby boys. But it was so much greater than that, wasn't it? If you would, go to verse 32. Because the world needed a Savior. God says it's going to be more than a baby boy. The world's going to need this Savior. Verse 32, and he will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. That's speaking back generations to King David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob or Israel. He will lead this nation. And his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be No end. (laughs) Mary, you think you're getting a baby boy, and it's going to look like just a baby boy, but it's greater than this. The world is going to get a Savior. There are all these people who have massive sin problems that they can't fix on their own. That's you and me. But this Jesus, so much more than a great baby boy, was going to be the Savior of the world. Now go to verse 39. This is where we'll pick up the story today. So in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town of Judah. 
And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She says this to Mary. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You see, when Elizabeth and Mary have this connection, all of a sudden Elizabeth says this, that Mary, you've got to understand, grace has come down from God. Favor has come down from God to you. You are blessed. For God to choose you, you're blessed. For God to have favor on you, you're blessed. I want you to know this, Mary, that that child in your womb is blessed. God is doing something great. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know this, that you're blessed because grace came down. And Mary, because you have believed, because you've believed, even though you've had questions like, God, how's this going to happen? I haven't been with a guy. Because you have trusted him and said, I'm not sure how this is going to happen, Lord, but I am your servant. Because you believed You are blessed. Now, I want you to consider this with me this morning, that when the grace of God came down, I was blessed. Let's apply this to our lives for a moment. When the grace of God came down, I was blessed. Long before we were born, when the grace of God came down, I was blessed. When you understood what Jesus had done for you, you were blessed. Every time God pours down good gifts into your life life and grace comes down, you are blessed. And I think you and I have to hear that message every once in a while that we have been blessed. We are blessed, especially this time of year. So if you would repeat a couple words after me. I've been blessed by God. Better than I deserve. Amen to that. I know that you feel sorry for yourself at times because I do. You start thinking, oh, I'm not blessed. You know, something's against me. Wait a second. Take some time this week and consider how God has blessed you better than you deserved. If you and I got what we deserved, we wouldn't be here right now. We would be zapped. We would have been sent to hell long ago. But we've been blessed. We've been blessed. I think sometimes we need to be told and reminded that we are blessed. Sometimes we need other people to tell that to us. Because even this time of year, tis the season to be troubled. Right? There's a lot of trouble. We could sit around and just talk about the trouble. And I've heard some of those. Lost lives, cancer diagnosis, uncertainty with jobs, health issues, marriages and relationships strained. I mean, we could say, tis the season to be troubled. Then we can start thinking about, about all the, the programs and parties and shopping and cooking you have to do and all the anxiety. You're like, man, this time of year is so much anxiety. Some of you right now are probably even making a list of all the things you have to do. Stop that, all right? Because it's more than just a time to be troubled. And I know that some of you this time of year are lonely. and There's emptiness. 
and sadness and depression. And that can cause anxiety and panic attacks. I get that. But I want you to know that this is also the season to be trusting, to be trusting in God. And you and I have to hear this sometimes from each other that we are blessed. I get all your problems. I hear all your problems. I'll try to be a good listener and sympathize and empathize with you. But I also want you to know you're blessed. And when Elizabeth says this to Mary, it's, Mary, you got to understand this. You are blessed. There's a lot of questions you have, I imagine. A lot of trouble you have. People are saying, you're pregnant by God? Yeah, right. Why don't you just come clean with your sin? There's a lot of trouble that Mary's experiencing. But Elizabeth says, you're blessed. I think we need to share that with one another and say, okay, let me hear your heart. I'm sorry for that. But I want you to count your blessings, too. We need people like that. I need people like that telling me that. Scott, I get that it's a season to be troubled, but it's a season to be trusting and remember how God has blessed you. Sometimes we need to be focused by other people to say, here's what you need to remember. Jesus came And that was for you. And Jesus lived a sinless life, and that was for you. So that he would die, and that included you. And he was raised to life, and that was for you. And he is reigning as the king of all kings right now. And he's doing that for you. And he's returning one day. Can we get an applause for him? And that's for you and for me. I need to hear that news. I'm blessed. You need to hear that news, that you're blessed. We are blessed people in God has blessed us with his grace. So how do we respond then? How does Mary respond to this? How do we respond to the blessings of God? I want to show you a few things this morning. How will we respond to the reality of grace coming down to us? Let's first look at Mary's. Verse 45, let's look at her response. Elizabeth said this, Blessed is she who believed. Mary, you are blessed for believing I want you to understand this, that Mary believed and received God's grace. Here's a response. When you understand that grace has come down for you, Jesus being given for you, Jesus dying and raising for you, any other blessings that God has given to you, here's one response, to believe and receive that. To believe and receive. Believe and receive. Many of you in this room would say, I have believed that Jesus paid for my sins. Okay, good, I have this new life, fantastic. But there's a continual believing because something may happen next week and you'll have a choice. Will you trust God or not? Will you believe him or not? Are you believing him now or not? Believe. Receive the gifts he pours out to you. Receive this. Go before God and say, God, I'm needy. I need to receive. Believe and receive. Mary did that. Let's go back to our passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 because there's something else I want you to see as a response to grace. The Apostle Paul, and this is where our theme verse comes from. The Apostle Paul said this. We urge Titus that as he had started that he should complete this act of grace. But as you excel, church, in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, all earnestness, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Here are a couple phrases I want you to write down. Responses to grace coming down. And the first one would be to complete the grace. To complete the grace. 
You see, God has shown you grace, and this one isn't to hoard. We're all kind of closet hoarders. Sometimes we just call it collections, you know, and we just collect things. But really, we hoard. Grace is not one of those things to hoard, but to take God's grace that has come down and to complete it, to extend it. Or the other word we see in here is excel in this act of grace. To excel in this. Wouldn't this be a great phrase to be said of us? I thought when people talk about me, I'd love for them to say, okay, he likes sports and he's kind of nerdy, but he excels in grace. I mean, when people hurt him, he excels in grace and he just extends it. And he, and I believe that every Christ follower can be this and is called to this, that as we have received grace coming down to complete it, to pass it on, to be the conduit of this grace, to extend it, to excel in this. Not just, well, every once in a while I'm pretty good, but to excel in the extension of this grace. We're going to certainly getting opportunities this time of year to do that. You're going to be around people that bug you and annoy you, people who have hurt you. And if you remember that grace has come down to you, and it, it's a game changer, it's a destiny changer, isn't it? An eternity changer. Will you complete the grace? Will you excel in the grace? Many of us this week got to do some of that stuff with Christmas compassion and you were giving of money and you were buying blankets and food and taking food from your own pantries and giving that to strangers and some people that might repulse repulse you frankly and sometimes we came down here and many of you made cookies and things like that in other words God you have been good to me how can I not complete this grace to others how can I not excel in this and so it was beautiful on Friday night seeing many of you work together excelling in this grace seeing you yesterday go and and talk to our neighbors and giving out food boxes and praying for people Grace has come down, not to be hoarded, but to complete it, to excel in it. Now, for those of you who say, well, I didn't get to do Christmas compassion or something like that. It's bigger than that. It's greater than that. You're going to have this opportunity later today. You have this opportunity this week at work, this week in school, to receive God's grace in your life and to complete it and to excel in this grace. Let's get back to Luke chapter 1. Let's go back and see how Mary responds to God's grace. Verse 46. Mary said this after she heard the blessing from Elizabeth. Mary said this, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Let's stop there for a moment. Would you just look in your Bibles right above that? There's kind of a weird word maybe right before verse 46 in some of your Bibles. You see this word magnificat, and you look at it and you're like, is that a typo or something? What does that word mean? 
All right. So when Mary starts this song, the first word she says when it gets translated through Latin is magnificat. But the idea is magnify. In other words, she's sitting there and saying, God is so much greater than I'd ever thought. I mean, I had heard the stories how he had been good to our nation and he had rescued us from slavery. And I had heard great stories. But here's what I'm experiencing. God is this vast ocean and I'm standing stepping into it and realizing it's greater than I thought. I can't make him bigger, but the closer I look, I just thought it was an ocean. But as I'm looking in, it's filled with life. It's beautiful. I can't help, my soul can't help but say, this God is greater than I ever thought. He's greater than I ever imagined because I'm getting into the story in greater ways. It's like, wow, this is so good. Mary's second response, besides the believing and receiving, was to magnify the gracious God. To magnify. To make a big deal out of him. Saying, I kind of knew that God was good to me. But wow. You see, I would hope that each of you would say, okay, I kind of know God's good to me. But I would hope that God would show you and that you would have a receptive heart to the ways he wants to show you. And it might be stepping into something like an ocean or something to see that. But it will cause you to say, wait a second, he's better to me than I thought. The thing that's heavy on your heart right now, you keep praying about that. You wait in expectation. And then when he shows you great favor, go, wait a second, he's better to me than I thought. Because he wants to show you that over and over and over if you're a football fan, it would be, sound something like this. After further review, this God is much greater than we had envisioned. All right? The idea is that, we, yeah, after further review, after I'd checked this out a little longer, wow, yeah, greater than I thought. When we believe and receive, and that's where it starts, we're blown away by the goodness of God's grace. And the more we're blown away, then we just magnify this and say, wow, wow, I'm looking at this, wow. And then we say, I can't help but complete this. I can't help but want to excel in passing on this grace. Go to verse 50 with me, if you would. She keeps going on. She just can't stop. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Now, as we read the next few verses, underline, circle some of the actions, some of the verbs. She's like, I'm showing you some great things God has done. Look at these action words. Verse 51, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. And he has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away. Verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. You see, Mary realized, okay, he's not just good to me. <laughs> when I consider this, He's good to all humanity. He, he's good to all. And I hope that you'd see that, that yes, he's good to you, but he's good to all. 
which would include he's good to your enemies. He's good to the people that hurt you. And he wants to show that goodness. And sometimes he wants to show that his goodness to them through you. That he's merciful. That he's faithful. That he gives grace to the humble. He fills the hungry and he helps and strengthens. Mary's saying, the grace of God is better than I thought. It's so much greater than I thought. Wow. As I spend time... God is greater than I thought. Let me finish by asking you three questions today. Three questions that I'm hoping that you would take some time to answer here a little bit this morning, but really that you would ponder this week. I know it's a a busy season, and it's a beautiful season, but I'm hoping that you would carve out some time this week and answer these questions. First one would be this. How can I prepare for Jesus' birth? How can I prepare for this? Because it's so much greater than a birth, isn't it? So much greater than a baby being born. This was the Savior of the world who came to change your eternal destiny. How can I prepare for that? How can I slow down and prepare my heart for that? That he came for me. I know there's a lot of preparations that you're doing. Get your home ready. Get the last presents ready. Get this. Get ready to travel. Things like that. How can you prepare your heart? How can you prepare your heart for the birth of Jesus? may take some believing. Like right now, I don't see it. Okay, you might not. We walk by faith, not by sight. You just believe. You trust him. You say, I don't see the result I'm asking for. Okay, you prepare your heart by believing. You prepare your heart by trusting in God. You prepare your heart by receiving Him saying, just trust me on this one today. How can you prepare your heart for Jesus' birth? Second question is this, how can I remember? How can I remember Jesus' birth? What are the things that you need to do to get into this story because it's much greater than a memory. We do certain things where we get ornaments and we remember this year and we remember this is the first year the dog trashed our house, you know, and things like that. And we have those fun memories. But how can I remember Jesus' birth? How can I remember that this is more than a birth, but this changed my eternal destiny? This changed my everyday purposes I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm living for the God who saved me, for the God who changed me, for the God who's preparing a home for me for all eternity. How can I remember that? And as you carve out time, as you read the story, God's going to show you grace. God's going to show you ways to remember. And he'll show you ways, and it might be, complete the grace. Excel in the grace. This is a good way to remember. Get out of your home and go across the street. This will be a great memory for you that you were a part of extending that grace. That would be a great reminder. I want you to ask God, God, how can I remember this? And the last question I have for you is this. How can I celebrate? How can I celebrate Jesus' birth? Because it's so much more than parties and presents. 
I hope that you go to some parties. I hope that you get some presents. I, that's part of this fun season. But it's greater than that. It's the joyful recognition that in Christ I've received a new birth into a living hope. Check this out. There was a baby born, and that's good. But when I believed, when I received what God offered to me, I got a new birth. I didn't get the wrath of God that I deserved. I got a new birth into a living hope that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Can we say thank you to God for that this morning? Celebrate that. I don't know how you celebrate. Celebrate that. That if you have believed that you have been given a new birth, celebrate it. Write it down. Whatever you do. Like Mary, my soul magnifies this God. This is greater than what I thought. I'm realizing that this is much more than a baby in a manger. This was my eternity changer. This was my everyday purpose changer. And celebrate this good news. How can I celebrate? How can I magnify God this season? I'm going to let him share that with you. But I'm going to ask this week that you carve out time. I know it's busy. I know it's beautiful. But carve out the time and let God speak to you. As he did to Mary. And you'll realize grace has come down. I believe it. I receive it. I can't help but magnify this God And then I'll complete the grace, and I'll excel in this grace. Would you pray with me, please? God, our Father, you give grace to the humble, to the ones who realize they need you, And I'm just acknowledging in front of my brothers and sisters, I needed your grace. I still do. I always will. And I'm grateful that grace has come down for us. Jesus, that you came down. And I ask that you would help us to continue to believe and receive that grace. God, for those who trust in you, those who believe in you, we are not done believing. You place difficulties in our life and hardships in our life so that we would have to believe and trust in you. And so help us. I pray for those this morning who have not believed or received Jesus, who've just tried to earn your favor. It's impossible. Help them to see that, that you are against the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Humble their hearts. Help them to even cry out to you today and say, I need you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. And as we experience the grace that comes down, help us to see this in greater ways. To to step into the ocean of your grace and realize it's greater than we thought that we would magnify you and say, my soul magnifies, he is so much better than I thought. And then would you give us the courage to complete the grace? You did not give it to us to hoard it, but to complete it. Help us to excel in being grace extenders. 
that the world may know, that our neighbors may know, that our families may know, that our classmates may know that there is a God who loves them, a God who does not treat us as our sins deserve. And so continue to help us see that grace has come down. We love you and we commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Each one of us is part of God's redemptive story. Take some time this week to share your God story with someone. I guarantee they will be blessed and you will be blessed as well. Join us again next week as we continue studying God's Word.